God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And once you know, we have Leonora Cravota here today. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. So uh, we're going to talk, um, well, well, we have an interesting show for you today. A uh, lot of uh, expanded uh, concepts and views about where we're heading. Uh, but it's stimulated by Joe Biden's six trillion dollar uh budget (laughs) and how insanely ridiculous that is as if deficits don't matter as if having a debt that's greater than our entire gdp is acceptable to put out a budget in really a time when we're not in an emergency where we have healthy fundamentals you know after four years of donald trump's greatness with respect to um, economic uh, prosperity and and the fundamentals of rebuilding the middle class and re and and restoring manufacturing back to our country and uh, building the bedrock of and foundation of what it is to build a community to build families uh, with these accessible jobs, not these jobs that require all these fancy expensive degrees but really you know welding plumbing building you know all of these things that were coming back to us fracking oil oil uh, uh, exploration and all these other things pipeline building but we all these great things but we shouldn't lose sight Fishing, of the fact lumber that those jobs are still specialized timber. in their own way though yes but you don't need a four year degree you don't need a four year degree but you need that technical expertise Yes, and technical expertise is... uh, Every job requires technical expertise. And so, you know, where where we were heading under Trump was with healthier forests, thanks to the timber industry. Believe it or not, timber industry actually, if done right, can lead to less forest fires and more accessible lumber for house building. And 
you know, so it's all of these great ideas, secure borders, safer country, less drugs, uh, and our soldiers are safer because they're not embedded in these foreign wars, getting shot at for no reason whatsoever, uh, because we shouldn't be there. And saving all of that money, that those trillions of dollars we wasted in the Middle East through the uh, Clinton and uh, George W. Bush years, uh, and even in the Obama years, uh, and the Hillary Clinton year, you know, foreign policy years, um, we, we, we saved so much money. But, but, but also, the carrots and the sticks and the sanctions and the tariffs were done right under Trump. You know, we rewarded countries that were de- democratic and peaceful. And we punished and penalized company, countries uh, that weren't, like the Palestinians and the Iranians and the Venezuelans. Uh, those countries didn't deserve our support and interaction. Cuba doesn't, hasn't earned the right, hasn't earned the respect that Obama wanted to afford it. And so Trump repealed that. NAFTA was an unfair trade deal. The JCPOA was the worst uh, nuclear deal ever since uh, North Korea. And the same person that negotiated both of those deals, Wendy Sherman. What a moron, right? An academia that can't really play in the real world. And her track record is a disaster. Yet everybody thinks that she's some sort of intellect, smart, smarty pants, that can sit down at the negotiating table and work out a good deal for America. No, she works out a great deal for the adversary, for our enemy. And what we've done also with China, with phase one and phase two, you know, those were great achievements. The uh, Abraham Accords, uh, moving the embassy to Jerusalem, all of those things were done under Trump, and they were heading our country into a very good place. NATO was doing their part, and we were sharing our, our burden fairly for a change with other countries. So all of that was great. Now we're sending our jobs back overseas. Ireland, for example, last week said we're going to keep our uh, corporate taxes at 15 or below 15% because we've seen this play before. Obama did it. He raised corporate taxes and, and, and uh, cultivated unfair playing fields, uh, trade deals, uh, for our corporations and created incentives for multinational corporations to do manufacturing overseas. So you know, with their fiduciary duty to their stockholders, they just left and they went overseas. And they went to Ireland in a large part. Well, Ireland's going to see you know, more boom and more, uh, more investment in Ireland. Meanwhile, our jobs are going to leave uh, the, our country. Our manufacturing is going to be uh, disintegrated. Meanwhile, at the same time, there's this $6 trillion that's not about infrastructure. It's about critical race theory. It's about indoctrination of our children. It's about all of these different things to push rigged elections. It's about all of the infrastructure that's bad for our future, bad for our country. You know, investing in rigged election machines, uh, paying off local authorities uh, to do to carry the water for your ide- radical ideology. 
Uh, we're seeing it done in the teachers' unions. The teachers' unions are benef- benefit from the liberal congressmen, liberal politicians in Washington. And in turn, they donate all of their wealth back to the liberal politicians. It's a circular, cir- it's a circulation right there. And what they're doing is they're mandating that they hire these types of teachers that push this 1619 critical race theory. So I love what the states, the red states are doing. The red states are basically taking the 1619 um, critical race theory and banning it. Right. That's a good sign right there. It's a good sign. It's totally a good sign. In this budget, which is in the six trillions in twenty twenty two, they're projecting that that's gonna go above eight trillion within the next decade. So you know, so this is an ending. The excessive spending is just continuing. So we're gonna have inflation. We already have low interest rates. Remember when they were raising the interest rates? The yeah. Federal Reserve was raising the interest rates and then the only time they really started to Reduce the interest rates was one COVID broke. Right. What 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 we're finding out now is, you know, basically a uh, a bio weapon right. from a terrorist nation called China, and so China is a terrorist nation that engaged in bio weapons. Remember when? Uh, remember when um, Trump? Uh, remember when Obama? Let's go to Obama. Yes. Remember when Obama was asked, "What's your red line?" Do you recall, yeah, I recall what he that said? question. He said, a red line for me would be uh, chemical weapons. Yeah. And I was like, okay, uh, we'll see. Next thing you know, chemical weapons were used, and his red line was spit up, spit upon. Yeah. Zero respect for Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Hussein. Right? Zero respect. Nobody respected that guy because they knew he was just a radical ideological socialist uh, with a community organizing agenda. Right? They, they knew he didn't know crap about foreign policy. Neither does John Kerry for that matter. These guys didn't know anything. They, played, they were played like fiddles. I've always said that the best Secretary of State, if you were to give me a choice between a ranch uh, farm owner out in Wyoming that has you know, 100,000 acres and, and a herd of cattle and does, you know, cattle trading, I would much rather get that guy to negotiate trade deals than John Kerry, who's never done anything but spend other people's money. Well, isn't that what Joe Biden's doing with his $6 trillion? Of course it's other He's taking money, money out of your pocket, Leonore. Yeah. He's taking money out of my pocket. Our listeners are getting fleeced right now by Joe Biden's $6 trillion budget. Right, well, and that's, you know, because where does the money come from but, but by you? Well, but that's the way it is always. It works every day and pays taxes. That's the way it's always been, though. I mean, you know, the people, like, for example, childless people pay for the schools. Yes, they do know that a good school <laughs> makes the, their value, the value of their home worth more, but there's always things in which people are paying. This is just that situation on steroids. Yeah, that's a good example, though. Childless People, people without children, pay pay taxes for the school district. For the school district, where but and the only way I can rationalize that is if there is a good school district, you go off to resell your home. You know that's a value to to a potential buyer. Or you could choose to live in a uh, community 
where <laughs> you could tell your Inglewood Cliff story if you wanted to, but yeah. uh, you know, like where, where oh, there the was Inglewood and Inglewood Cliffs. Yeah, well, well, the ch- town I grew up in, Inglewood Cliffs, um, happened to be have very low taxes, but they didn't have their own school system. I mean, they did in the primary grades, but you know, but after like. Uh, eighth grade there you had to go to a high school and many years ago the next public high school had some issues so literally you were saying something like if you went two blocks over and bought a house over there yeah you would have much higher taxes if you moved to Englewood you know literally that's what what would happen or if you you or or, and many people were moving out of Englewood Cliffs to move to towns like Tenafly because it had an excellent public school but your taxes were like I want to say, I mean, I'm just giving an example. It could be five or six times what it was in Angwood Cliffs. Yeah. And Angwood Cliffs was still a nice community, but it's the presence of having the school system that often is one of the cost drivers. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so, but, but again, my point in saying this is I think Americans or people in, in other countries are accepting of the concept that they're sometimes paying for benefits that they don't get, but they're not accepting of it if it's happening all the time. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of these things where um, this $6 trillion in the wake of COVID alerts me to something else. And that's something we've talked about on this show in the last couple of weeks. And that is conditioning. And, you know, we are at the precipice of, of great fundamental change. And we are fighting tooth and nail. I had a conversation with Reba. Uh, yes, you know, Reba has a show on Red State. Uh-huh. And uh, so she and I were talking yesterday. And um, I said, really, she, she, you know, is of the belief, as I am, I agree with Reba, that, you know, um, that we're going to win this fight. Yeah. Right? Uh, but what I was saying to her, is this is such an important time right now. Because if we were to lose this fight, which we're not losing it, we're going to win it. And that's what Reba will tell you, that's what I'll tell you. But if we were to lose this fight, we lose everything. Now, where is the fight, though? Because if you're seeing double, you don't know who to punch, Right. right? Who's your enemy? And, and not only is it who's your enemy, it's, it's uh, what type of chess are you playing? Are you playing checkers or are you playing chess? What game are we playing? What things are they doing to set up other traps? And that's why when we do fight back, and this is a civil war that we're in. This is an absolute civil war, no different I mean, it's exceedingly, exceptionally different when it comes to bloodshed and guns ablazing and stuff like that than the Civil War of 1865, right? But um, the the war that we're in is a civil war. And we're fighting between socialism. We're fighting against socialism. And we're fighting against tyrannical governments. We're fighting against death panels. We're fighting against blind abortions. We're fighting against enforced vaccines. You know, we're fighting against uh, free speech. We're fighting for free speech. And if we don't fight for it, we lose it. True. We're fighting for our right to privacy. 
And if we don't fight for that, we lose that. You know, we're fighting for fair justice, equal justice under the law. Instead of Hillary getting one treatment and Trump getting another, we're fighting for equal justice. We're fighting for election integrity. And all of those things are gone in a banana republic. All of those things are gone in Venezuela. All of those things are gone in Cuba. They don't exist anymore. It's Castro's way or the highway. If you have a political difference with Castro, you spend the rest of your life in jail. Talk about the loss of freedom, speech, all of your rights, equal justice, the right to vote, every one of those rights. How about the right to bear arms? How about religious freedom? Say goodbye to all of that when you have a uni party because all you need to do is look no further than a city like Philadelphia and how one-dimensional it is and how corrupt it is and how the rich get rich and the poor get poor and the money that is enriching the rich is yours. It's almost like you go back to Rob Roy or, or Braveheart where you know there were these unfair taxes. And if you didn't pay them, you were going to get whipped, tied yeah. up to a pole and whipped. Well, they, have, they could do that. They could do that to you if they wanted to. No, they'll try to disguise it as best they can. But what they're doing right now with the masks... Don't think that they didn't exploit this. This whole thing about masks that didn't work, we're finding out new studies. There's a study in Louisville. Yeah. Louisville University just came out with a study. Louisville. Look it up. Dr. Siegel was on Fox and Friends today, and he was talking about this study. And he said, masks, they didn't, they, 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 there's, there's no um, the study indicated that there was no benefit to wearing a mask. Where wherever there was a mask mandate, the study revealed that there was more mask wearing. Yeah. There was more compliance to the mandate. So there was more people wearing masks in towns with mask mandates. But the net result was the death rate or the infection rate was the same, if not even better, in towns where they were not wearing masks. So you got to ask the question, if the mask mandates made zero difference, yeah. then why tread all over the Bill of Rights? I'm talking about your right to free speech. When you try to speak up and say masks aren't really getting it done, the mask mandates aren't working, banned on Facebook. Take it off of Twitter. Right. And your right to, you know, assemble. No, you can't uh, be in a group like that. So the point, unless you're Black Lives Matter and you want to burn something down and, 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 you know, destroy the police department. Yes. Then you can. According to Big Bird de Blasio, the mayor of New York. Yeah, that was acceptable. Well, some things are bigger than a pandemic, he said when he talked about Black Lives Matter and when he talked about painting Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue 
or when Mariel Bowser, the Bozo the Clown mayor of D.C., who basically painted Black Lives Matter and created some sort of stupid plaza for Marxists. <laughs> stupid plaza for Marxists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what it is, right? I've never seen anything so so dumb as Black Lives Matter. It's like, duh, your name is really dumb. You know, like it's all lives matter. We, we know that. We, we know that everybody matters. Got it. Check. You know, been there, done that. Learned it in second grade, in fact. You should go to school. Well, they teach you everything you need to know in kindergarten. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, little boy, little girl, all lives matter. You should know that. Nuh-uh, teach. No, I was told only black lives matter. <laughs> it's crazy. What right? about my life? Yeah, yeah. My life doesn't how, matter. Could you, can you imagine how little kids are thinking about my this? My father thing? was a na- he's a native, you know, he's still alive, but he was a former Native American Indian chief. I, I guess he's going to tell me Native American. Um, I'm going to ask my dad. Dad, do Native American Indians' lives matter? Because if, if you say yes, you're a racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And yet, we have these people on critical rate. There was a Beaverton, I guess, in Oregon. Yeah, that's Oregon, yeah. Yeah. But did you see the thing um, where they had a Zoom call? And the teacher was talking about, if you don't get on board with, you know, she was comparing colonialism to whatever. It's like, what does colonialism have to do with math? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) No, people are really reaching with a lot of this. And you're you're trying to equate, you know, present day society where everybody has every imaginable freedom with, you know, slavery and other circumstances that nobody alive right now can have any connection with. Almost nobody alive. And I think that's the problem is that we're creating a narrative about this. And the other situation is this is being put under the rubric of we are for equality and justice for all. But what it's actually doing is it's dividing people. And, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, Scott. The identity politics divides people. I'm all for ethnic pride. I think, you know, you have your you have your Native American heritage. I'm half Armenian, half Italian. I mean, I think people should have pride in their ethnicity. If they speak a different language, they should have pride in that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But when our differences are used to divide us, that is not good. When our differences are used to connect us, then that's better because when they connect us, we're, you know, we're like um, a smorgasbord of people who all bring together different experiences and different cultural makeups. That's what makes uh, life a feast. But if you just suddenly say, we only want Mexican food, I mean, not to pick on the Mexicans, then then you've limited everything. And we should all be, you know, who we are and be part of the collective whole. So let's listen to this eighth grade uh, moron, uh, eighth grade teacher who just sounds like an absolute moron, but she's like Black Lives Matter. She's teaching our kids here. Catherine Watkins, eighth grade humanities teacher at Cedar Park Middle School. Well, that's her, Catherine Watkins. And my pronouns are she, her, we, and us. Um, I'm going to say something that's not nice and not sweet, but it's true. If you're not evolving into an anti-racist educator you're making yourself obsolete in this field of profession Um, our district is only getting browner and browner with our children and so if you know obviously you can't change your melanin 
All right. But you can change your mind so that you can actually function in a, a district that is full of BIPOC children. So if you're being resistant, I understand that. But you're going to have to eventually come to the light because if you're going to keep with those old views of um, colonialism, um, it's going to lead to being fired because you're going to be doing damage to our children, um, trauma. And so as we fire the teachers who sexually abuse our children, we will be firing the the teachers who do racist things to our children and traumatize them. And while our district might not be completely on there, um, OEA is working on it, all right? NEA is working on it. And so it's just a matter of time. So it's like you either evolve or dissolve. You've got to start walking with us. So that's like, or in other words, evolve or dissolve, my way or the highway. Right, exactly. You'll be fired if you don't do the most ridiculous thing and teach your kids, teach your white children that they're racists. Yeah. If you don't tell them that, then, I mean... Where did this come from? It came overnight. I love the fact that states are banning the 1619 critical race theory yeah. thing. But this this BS right here is absolutely insane and absurd. And to listen to this woman, she is no different, by the way, than Adolf Hitler. Right. Because he had that, he had that view of the Jews. Yeah. He had that view of the white Aryan race. Uh, and uh, now... She has this view of another race, whatever right. she's talking about. It's scary. And our liberal friends voted for her. They vote for people like that. They, in fact, voted for Joe Biden, who is supporting this with this $6 trillion deal. They, right. The $6 trillion budget isn't about roads and bridges and dams. Yeah which we need so desperately to refortify. But no, it's going to all of this nonsense. You know, more uh, Dominion voting machines, more, uh, you know, HR1, which is all about election rigging, you know, mail-in voting systems and, and all kinds of ways to, to uh, cheat candidates and to create a one-party system. And I only ask the questions like, well, why is it that the Democrats are always winning in the fraud department? And it's because they knew early on, just like Obama did, he knew that the only way that he was going to get transvestites into the military and get them free sex changes operations in the military. You know, we're, we're, we're memorial, we're remembering uh over Memorial Day, our fallen troops, right? right. Our fallen yes. soldiers. And I see all these great symbolic pictures of these um, military men, you know, like saluting the flag and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, though, if you look at their commander in chief, you know, what he's doing to the military, you know, talking about climate change, you know, um, Secretary of State Austin. Um, or, you know, as being the existential threat. Yeah. It's like, no, nuclear war is still the existential threat. But more importantly, um, what we do with our economic power and how we allow ourselves to, you know, be beaten by China yeah. economically, militarily. 
uh, and how we negotiate these terrible trade deals will create existential threats. But this $6 trillion um, for this kind of social engineering with the critical race is absolutely insane. And so it goes a long way. It's going a long way in rigging. You know, I always said this. People, people have asked me, even recently, I was in a conversation with somebody the other day, and they said, okay, you, you seem to have all the answers. W- what do we do? Yeah. What's our call to action? How do we go forward? Yeah, what we could we talk about, you know, the things we're talking about over Bugle Call and MAGAPAC. And we can say, you know, religious freedom, election, you know, uh, uh, election integrity, um, equal justice, uh, energy independence, border security, uh, you know, building the middle class. Uh, we could talk about all of these things. Of course, health care and, and education are super important. Um, all of these things are really important, but you can't have a fair assessment of values and ideas unless you have election integrity first. Exactly. And, you know, the best man won, but on paper or in the, in the legal system, he lost. And that was because of election fraud. And I'm saying to you, you know, in Luzerne County right now, they had a situation where Republicans were showing up as Democrats mm-hmm. on these Dominion systems. That's Luzerne County in Pennsylvania. Now, in Georgia, you have Fulton County, you have Rath- Rathlisberger, Rathensberger. Mm-hmm. Um, Rathensberger? I always get them mixed up with the quarterback from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. <laughs> um, but That's then, funny. Yeah. And, uh, and I forget how to say his name, too. Um, but, okay, so uh, Georgia yeah. is doing a forensic audit, finally. And Lucerne County is going to expose some problems. Of course, we have the Arizona audit, and I think so much is going to ride on that because it's the first time ever that we've had such a uh, manual recount and a systematic approach to election fraud right. as that. But what we're seeing in, in, in New Hampshire is another issue. And then Michigan and Wisconsin are, are, are having um, judicial challenges. Uh, and I think that they're, they're going to show a lot. So we might have six different states Six different, you know, municipalities, not full statewide, but uh, where we suspected most of the fraud to happen. Right. Like, you know, in Arizona, the only county that used the Dominion voting machine was Maricopa County. Right. All the other uh, counties used different machines. So why in Maricopa, where they can manipulate the biggest, you know, amount of population it's the phoenix area yeah um they were able to do that so you know that's the situation there so whatever happens in in uh arizona is going to be basically a domino effect and it could really change things and you know my belief is if they find systematic voter fraud and i i i actually believe they will 
and, and it's it rises to the the number that would change the outcome of the election. I think that you have to disqualify Joe Biden. You either do a re-election or um, a special election, or you do a uh, you say, well, clearly, with these votes being dismissed, uh, you know, and doing a manual recount, we show that President Trump won by. 20,000 votes instead of losing by 10,000 votes in Arizona. Yeah. By that count, we got to give Arizona to Trump. And then if they do the same thing in all the other states and Trump wins, then Biden gets kicked out of office and Trump gets put back in. And then Trump gets to run for re-election. And that is the path forward, in my opinion. <clears throat> no, I but, could- I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But this the $6 trillion is all about social engineering. It's all about advancing electric, electric cars. It's all about advancing technologies that automate things. Remember, we've been talking, we talked about the Yang Gang. And the Yang Gang's concept was give everybody $1,000 and the way you pay for that a month. And the way you pay for that is through companies that, adopted automation, whether it's a trucking company or what have you. All, all these companies that adopted animation, whether it's a kiosk that serves you a burger or, you know, any of these th- things, manufacturing jobs, building cars. <clears throat> the idea is once you lose your job to an automation, then what happens is you're out of a job. Right. And until the job gets a new new industry gets created where it requires people, uh, you'll get a thousand dollars, and the company that's benefiting cost wise uh, to that concept where they no longer have to hire that expensive employee or pay for their health care, they got an automated robot doing it, yeah, or a machine, they'll pay higher taxes uh, as a as a result of their benefit. And so then they pay those taxes, and that goes into the pocket of the non-worker. Right. And they're already conditioning. Will you behave? Will you comply? How will you comply? How will you push back? And so it's almost like a trial run. Like if you're going to rob a bank, you're going to actually go in there maybe a week earlier. And scope and case the, joint the joint out. Right. Yeah. Right. You're going to look at the cameras. You're going to look at the, the schedules. We've you're seen gonna... that in many movies, yes. Exactly. So... So this is just a dry run, a conditioning that says, okay, you didn't really push back at all when we said we're going to mandate that you wear masks, even though you hate us. Like these people hated great, uh, Governor Whitman, Whitmer. They hated Big Bird de Blasio. They hated you know, Mayor, Mayor Andrew Cuomo or Governor Andrew Cuomo. They hated these guys. You know, but... Somehow, it didn't matter because the liberals wore the masks with pride because they're stupid and the conservatives uh, wore the masks because they didn't want to get arrested. Get arrested. Well, and that's what you're going to see right now is what the great divide is. As more people get vaccinated and some of the laws and regulations change, you go into businesses and suddenly you don't have to wear the mask anymore. You're still going to see people wearing it. 
And, and again, that's their personal prerogative. Well, I see these but clowns I, on the a, street here in a, Arlington. But it's a form of virtue signaling. It yeah. totally is. It's saying, look, I got my mask on, even though I don't, I'm not required to. I'm wearing it. I'm, I'm taking that extra step. How many clowns do you see in D.C.? Well, DC, you go into the district. DC every day. And, Al- and Alexandria too. You have a lot of places where people are walking around, and you know our friends in uh, Philadelphia, in some of the you know the nice areas of Philadelphia, they're constantly seeing the people all wearing masks, and they're all proud of it. I mean, again, there is a certain practicality to masks. There are certain situations where a mask pre-COVID was required, but right now. Pre-COVID? Like well, what? yes. I mean, uh, people that are hazardous workers, medical people, all types of situations where you would re- need a mask. And, you know, so there there were situations where you would need a mask. But those are practical situations. Usually it's a professional who is coming in contact with something that could be hazardous to them or they, they need to create a barrier. Okay. But now we've suddenly created a society where the norm is we have a barrier, even when once the crisis has passed, people are keeping up the barriers because it creates walls between us. But okay, so let's get back to the conditioning. So they tell yeah. they mandate, you know, you wear masks, and they were like, I think a lot of people were surprised at how complicit, compliant, and it's good the way they rolled it out. Fifteen days, oh, I could do fifteen. Yeah, yeah, anybody can sense. do fifteen days. And then thirty days. Oh man, thirty days. Okay, all right. Well, we'll do it for our country. All right, all right. And, and that was fine. Then, then we find out that they lied to us. And, you know, how this Dr. Fauci got to be, you know, the cover of... Um, National Review. The cover of National Review, which I'm not a big fan of National Review, but uh, the cover is really pretty amazing. you got to check out the cover. It says, The Fall of St. Anthony Fauci. So it's already done. I mean, this guy is dead as disco. Uh, he's no longer going to be on the cover of In Style. He's going to... He's gonna. He is gonna be the Avenatti of medical. So he's no longer People Magazine's sexiest man of the year or whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, remember Avenatti? Oh, I know the guy who wrote the article, Michael Brendan Doherty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, my father gave me. Uh, my father left me Ireland. I forget the name of the book, but yeah, I've met him a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Re- remember uh, Avenatti? Yes, I remember yeah. Avenatti. Remember how Avenatti, uh, Brian Stelter would be like. I take you seriously, dude. I mean, you're going to be the next president. You, know, you give it to the Trumps, you know. You're really hard on them. And, uh, oh, Donald Trump you know, Jr. Like sitting in jail. You know, I love what Donald Trump Jr. said. Instead of Avenatti 2020, it's Avenatti 10 to 20. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. 20 to 50. 20 yeah. to life. <laughs> oh, it's funny stuff. Um, but it's conditioning, the masks, yeah. right? Uh, the social distancing. You know, all these little stupid circles, six you know, feet. Yeah. It's like, really? You're going to invest all that? Who's buying all those yeah. signs? I know I the local know. mom and pops aren't doing it. The city is spending millions, if not billions, on these stupid signs, circles everywhere. Like, I need to, you know, just put a sign up on a sheet of paper. Print it up on a laser. Yeah. Right? Laser printer. As you know, remember, you know, don't forget, <laughs> six feet apart, social distancing, whatever. It doesn't have to be so expensive. Right. You know, all these circles everywhere. But they were marketing it. They were doing this as a PR thing. And right away, it's something to me smelled funny. It's like, why all the fancy like artwork? 
You know, they had a graphics team come together and say, what kind of color are we going to use for these circles? For the social you know, distancing. Yeah, the social distancing well, and circles. Lo- and look at how our you lexicon is. it just didn't is- make any sense to me that they would be that polished for a pandemic that's supposed to not last that long. Well, exactly. But it's now become part of our, our lives. And think about all the words that have entered our lexicon as a result of this. We never used the expression social distancing before. I mean, but but it's a way of trying to soften what you're doing. It's conditioning. Yeah. And they're conditioning us for something else. Yeah. This $6 trillion uh, budget is about implementing social engineering concepts you know, billions of dollars went into DARPA, yeah, and it wasn't even requested by the military. Mm-hmm. So they want to defund the wall, but they want to invest in DARPA, which is basically. Uh, uh, and and you know, by the way, Joe Biden mispronounced uh, DARPA. He couldn't even remember the name, but it stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. So. Is a research and development agency of the United States Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military. Well, really, what DARPA has been used for is, you know, metadata collection. Right. Um, just basically uh, infringing on your right to privacy. Right. Right. You know, we're no longer free people. They're... Uh, working with, and the reason why social media is getting away with uh, not uh, with the benefits of Section yeah. 230 is because legally they're more than likely in bed with group, with organizations, with agencies like DARPA. It's a government agency, DARPA. Right. DARPA is a government agency, works with the military. Just like NSA does metadata collection, works with them, it's, it's yeah. a part of the Pentagon. You know, like I have always said, we have three major spy operations. Spy N- operations. Well, the NSA, yeah, investigatory or, yeah, yeah. it's not a joke. Um, nah. The NSA and the Pentagon work right. hand in glove. And right. The CIA and the State Department work hand in glove along with the NSC and, and our ambassadors and our foreign uh, diplomats, yeah. uh, Foreign Services Corps. Uh, all of that is international, so CIA. It's supposed to be international, not domestic. And then you got the Department of Justice and the FBI. Now, if you look at all of those, you got DARPA and NSA and the military. You know, the military who is embracing transvestites, uh, the State Department that's now putting a Black Lives Matter flag on top of some embassies I around know. the world. It's terrible. They're putting a rainbow flag on top of the embassies, I guess, on specific months or something like yeah. that. But they're doing this kind of stuff, this social socialized stuff. I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, what what is what is uh, your gay? What, what is their your sexual preference have to do with anything in the military? I I actually agreed with Clinton on one thing. Don't ask, don't tell. Right. Well, now it's let's tell and tell quite loudly. Yeah. So don't ask, don't tell made sense because it's none of my business what you choose to do in your bedroom or what you choose to do with your private parts or what you choose to do, whether you want to get a tattoo or or mutilate your genitals. Either way, I don't need to know. All I need to know 
is are you fit to be a soldier? Right. Right. If I'm in, if I'm in the military, and if I'm in the State Department, I need to worry about my foreign policy and how our relations are going around the world. I don't need to worry about whether there's a Black Lives Matter Marxist flag on top of my building. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And the rainbow flag, too. Oh, we're sensitive? Are you kidding me? What What they do behind closed doors is not sensitive at all. They kill people. Just ask Hillary Clinton, who endorses the rainbow flag and the Black Lives Matter flag, well, when she was walking into an interview and it was Gaddafi who was murdered and drugged through a street, she yeah. said, we came, we saw, he died and yeah. left. These are not good people. These people will cut your head off. They're enemies of the American way of life. When they adopt Marxist flags and socialized socialism, you got to look at them and say, this has gone wrong. But Obama really kind of started it, right, didn't he? He, he, uh, in, he installed, he removed conservative minds in the top brass of the Pentagon, and he put in socialists. And he did the same thing with the IRS. He said, Lois Lerner, I want you to target Tea Party groups. Anything with the word tea in it, anything with the word red, uh, target them. Don't let them set up oppositions to me for my reelection. And sure enough, the IRS targeted conservative groups and they got away with it. With arrogance, Lois Lerner walked into the committee and basically said, I plead the fifth, but I didn't do it. You can't do both, lady. But she did both, she got away with it. Because it's two standards of justice. One for the liberals and one for the conservatives. It's not even about Trump back then. But it was two standards of justice. One for Hillary, one for the rest. One for Obama, one for the rest. He rigged. He put in radical judges uh, at the federal level. He rigged the IRS. And he had Eric Holder who basically said, I'm Barack Obama's wingman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's crazy, right? And they tried to say that Trump was colluding with his AG. The AG, I don't even think, liked Trump. Yeah. Bill Barr probably didn't even like Trump. But, you know, and Jeff Sessions was, you know, maybe not the smartest tool in the shed. Maybe a little too long in the tooth. But either way... The idea is that these systems, I think, were manipulated by a radical, socialist, ideological scumbag that used as his mentor Bill Ayers from the Weather Underground to blow stuff up and endorsed and studied under Saul Alinsky. I mean, this is the most radical socialist of radical socialists. And we had him as president, where he didn't even want to put his hand over his heart. He would rather have taken a knee. I'm surprised he wasn't the first president to do that. But he certainly endorsed Kaepernick. He was good friends with Kaepernick. 
taking who took a knee for the national anthem. These are people that hate American way of life and American values. And I only say this, you know, they got it. The Democrats and the socialists have infiltrated our government, whether it's the lying sacks of crap like Alexander Vindman, who tried to take down a presidency by manipulating the call notes and talking with spies like Eric Ciaramella and Sean Misko and and um, and some of the diplomats that we had going in and out of Ukraine because they were doing shady black market deals and they were getting rich off of it. Marie Yovanovitch comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Fiona Hill comes to mind. And so, you know, who's the guy with the bow tie again? You know, the... the Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Um, the name's escaping yeah. me, though. But in any case, you know, that was all rigged rigged up. And so was the Russian hoax. And it's just one thing after another. But that was our State Department at work. And they were working with the CIA. And our Department of Justice and our FBI. People like James Comey, Andy McCabe, Bill Priestap, and uh, uh, Peter Strzok. Lisa Page were all running the show. Again, very corrupt. So you got the Pentagon and the NSA and DARPA wiretapping, spying, collecting your metadata. Just ask Snowden. By the way, there was a, um, a court case in U- the United Kingdom just the other day. Read it on Summit News. Basically said that uh, they, they ruled in favor of Snowden's view mm-hmm. that the there was an overreach in terms of collect, collection of private data. But again, the reason why they're not taking big tech to court is because big tech is co- co- protected by Section 230. And you ask why? Because they're acting like a publisher. But the reason why is because the loophole is they're actually working with groups like DARPA. That's the kicker. That's the problem is that they're providing that that personalized information that we give to Alexa, Echo devices, uh, the, and uh, the whole host of uh, things. You remember, Amazon was bidding on the Jedi cloud. They didn't get that contract, but they were trying to. And how much did they give up in terms of our personal data to get that contract? Too much. And Facebook, the same thing. Facebook's actually getting away from social media and getting into devices. And as Amazon is getting into all, all kinds of different things. Twitter's sort of like out there left it holding the bag. But a lot of these data collectors are integrated with DARPA. And you remember, uh, Carly Fiorina and uh, General Hayden yeah. from the CIA and the NSA were doing stuff with this thing called Chiliad software and they were embedded in HP servers and they were doing this a long time ago. So a lot of these conservatives are part of this deep state situation going on. It's really sad, really, when you think about it. Um, you know, we're coming to the end of the show. Um, we have a fight to win. And I think that this election integrity issue going on in Arizona 
is one of the huge factors for us to take back our country. Uh, I think that the conservative states that are banning uh, uh, or setting up new election rules and banning um, critical race theory and uh, doing a lot of good things in that way, I think are really important. You know, like curbing mail-in voting or ballot harvesting and things like that and really pushing the envelope, I think are extremely important to advance the ball. And uh, so that, that's, that's how we win this fight. We win this fight by actually exposing the truth. And the truth is everywhere. I mean, the truth is coming out in higher gas prices, unprecedented inflation. If you listen to Donald Trump, he expects inflation to go up, not to 6%, 8%. And so when we have these things, we got to look to our Democrats and say, why? How? You going to blame Trump for this? Everything was going in the right direction under Trump. And we never again can bow down to the demands of these social and socialist social engineering experiments that basically dictate what we do. That conditioning, whether we have the will to work or not by making adjustments for inflation and taxation or whether they decide to give us a bone uh, with a check and decide whether we should get off the couch and work or not and how that influences minimum wage. All of those things are extraordinarily important. And they're in control of that. And they're not telling you what they're actually doing. Again, chess versus checkers. What the idea is, is it's about them seeing how far they can take you. How, and they're perfecting it. How they can manipulate and move populations. I could actually get refugees if I start a war in Syria. And I can bring those refugees as slave labor workers into, into Europe. I could bring slave labor markets for the vineyards in California if I can open the border and allow these people to come in. All I got to do is promise them free medical and free education. See, that's the way they manipulate things. And that's what they're doing right before our eyes, folks. And they're doing it with all the pork that's associated with the $6 trillion budgets. But we're out of time, and we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org. Check out our podcasts over at scottadamshow.com, and be sure to check out redstatetalkradio.com. My name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Kuroda. And we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show today, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, they grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.